Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to pack up all your Kleenex because we're going to the planet Sneeze. That's right, it's grunt work. Stand it, you know I planned it. I'ma set it straight. It's Muppet Gate. <laughs> because this is Grunt Work, the podcast about the TV show Muppet Babies. <laughs> I'm your host, Landon Waka 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 Solano, joined always by my co-host Truman. It ain't easy being green caps. You know, uh it's as someone who has smoked a lot of marijuana in the past, I'll tell you it actually is pretty easy being green. Also, it's I don't know. I, I feel like you're Waka Wakanda, if anything, because of how much you like Black Panther. Oh, well, why, thank you. Uh, the ticket taker, when I went to go see um, uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, did not think I was too Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, he gave the, the gentleman in front of me the Wakanda Forever uh, arms crossed. Yeah. And then he took my ticket and said, enjoy your show. Oh, well, I feel like enjoy your show is white people's equivalent of the it's Wakanda very true. Forever. I do not feel deprived of anything. <laughs> Look, whenever I see whenever I see another white person dressed up in their uh, authentic white people garb, I always go, have a nice show or enjoy the show. Whatever the fucking thing I just said our thing was. Uh, it's good to see you. Truman, it's good to see you as well. Well, you know, we could we could beat around the bush here. Yeah. We could talk a whole lot about a lot of other things. But the fact is the people listen to this podcast. They know what they came here for. They they come to listen to us cover the Muppet Baby. Yeah, and look, we've got so much Muppet Babies to cover this we week. We do. This I is mean, a blisteringly fast episode. It was a it was a it was a fast episode, and I'll go one better. It was a vast episode because of the vastness of space. I will go one better than that. I would say it warped speed ahead uh, at light speed and other spacely speed things. Sturman, do you have a synopsis for us of this week's episode? <laughs> I do have a synopsis for this week's episode. <laughs> And uh, and much like uh, much like this episode, it will just zip right by. Okay, much like great. an object in space without gravity or friction to slow it down, <laughs> it will blow right past us. When a mysterious creature climbs into the Muppet Baby's nursery shortly before bedtime, the babies decide it must be an alien. They name it Irma and construct an imaginary rocket ship to help Irma get back home to Neptune. That's it. That's that's. You know, very and, succinct, yeah. And this is, I think, what we've always said about Muppet Babies is that one of the show's many strengths that indeed led it to the four daytime Emmys that it won <laughs> is the fact that they, they don't mess around with a lot of extraneous plotting. No. Like, much like the movie Jaws, they, it's like one, they, they just set out their goal. They're they, laser-focused. They are laser-focused. Yeah. Uh, they, set, they set their goal. Yeah. They, they set out w- what their characters must achieve. And they just and they just go for it and they follow that and in in the process I think create some really compelling drama about the human condition or the Muppet condition if you will which is being made of felt <laughs> animated felt uh, well and speaking of felt how did you feel about this episode how did you felt after watching it? I will say coming off the last episode yeah. uh, this is a little bit of an uptick uh, yeah I mean clearly we we're dealing with Star Wars here so you know that speaks near and dear to my heart yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, overall, I, I, I don't know. I had a good time with it. Uh, it, it was Well, of course you had a good time with it. It was Muppet Babies, Landon. I mean, it's not like this is, it's not like there's a Schindler's List episode of Muppet Babies or something like that where you're going to have a That's bad true. time. That's true. Unfortunately, the show ended, I believe, before Schindler's List premiered. Uh, but, I, I mean, that was such a cultural milestone that I bet they would have done a Schindler's List episode had they been uh, around then. And also, I'm surprised that you that you had more fun with this week than last week, because last week's episode, as you'll recall, was Fun Park Fantasies, where the babies <laughs> imagine an amusement park. Like, that, I had a lot of fun with that. That was a lot of fun, but... The only I, people who had more fun than us watching the episode were the Muppet Babies living the episode. <laughs> I like to be pandered to. I like when pop culture references are shoved down my throat. Uh, and as we know, this show does such a great job of being able to take a pop culture reference. Not even a reference, but just a, a take, pop culture uh, uh, mile icon. What, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for there? Uh, a pop culture milestone. Milestone. Uh, yeah. Just a, a, a institution. Yes. Uh, a pop, cult, pop culture institution and and not using it as – it doesn't uh, use it as a crutch. Yes, you know, it, it takes it as just a launching off place. Yes, and, much like their rocket ship. <laughs> much like their rocket ship. And uh, – 
so it never feels like it, it is pandering, as I was joking earlier. The show is very imaginative. Yeah. Again, much like the Muppet Babies. How do you feel about this episode? You know, I felt I felt good about it. I it was certainly not my favorite. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't stack up to uh, some of the real classics. Uh, certainly, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kermit goes to Washington, which right. I think really uh, kind of prefaced a lot of the. Uh, you know, where the Muppets are trying to construct their own form of government, that really yeah. spoke to me, especially <laughs> in relation to the way our own government looks these days. But didn't speak to you as much as the Daily Muppet, which actually made you cry remembering the uh, the memories that you had as a kid watching it. it may, well, the Daily Muppet, look, it what I and I explained this on our Daily Muppet episode, and I, I, I don't think... I, I don't know. I, I feel like you keep giving me guff for this. It wasn't that it made me cry remembering watching it as a kid. It was because it made me remember journalism school. And, and <laughs> it made you cry as an adult. <laughs> yes. It, I Look, I cry, it made me cry remembering the times that I cried in journalism school remembering watching the Daily Muppet episode, which is really what, what Wait, kind of geared so me up just, for that. Okay, so I, I hate to crack this open again, but you're, you're saying you're nostalgic for the nostalgia you had. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's double dose of, it's inception nostalgia. Look, nostalgia. You, you know how pizza, in many cases, is better when it's reheated, if you reheat it the right way, which is in a pan over uh, over the stove? What is leftover pizza? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Explain and, that to me. I, 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 if only I had the Muppet Babies here to do a song about what leftover pizza <laughs> was. If only, if only Nanny could come in and explain to you, well, Landon, this is what leftover pizza looks like. Uh, Gonzo would probably try to marry it or some shit. You know, he's a freak. Um, okay, well, I think we can agree. So, I mean, we none of this isn't this isn't either of our favorite episode. But yeah, I think, like, but it's a great fun. one. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. You say great, I say good. Tomato, tomato, Muppet, Muppet, whatever. Uh, let's go into guess that title. You know your your songs. Um, you know, I guess they 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 hold up reasonably well to the songs on on Muppet Babies. Okay, I have a few options for. It's more, uh, I think my my theme songs on this show are more like when uh, a character on on Muppet Babies is like creeping along, do, trying do, quietly. Do, do, do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're you're every. <laughs> hey, teacher! Every time Landon does a song, Gonzo's trying to sneak up on someone. <laughs> okay, so I have some options for titles. Okay, uh, one. Yes, Starship Poopers. <laughs> Not, pra- I mean, the the, uh-huh. Muppet, the Muppet Babies don't, like, there's none of that. There's no pooping in this episode, yeah. but they are babies. Right, but does a Muppet poop? That's a question we've <laughs> never actually addressed. I think that, again, being made of felt, their poop is probably lint. Just, or cotton balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it's settled. Okay, call the Smithsonian uh, uh, Muppet Museum. We've got, we've got something for them to put on display. Okay. Option two. Okay. The koala who fell to earth. Ooh, I like that. Little spoiler alert for the end of the episode, little, I guess. A little Bowie action. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, option three. Qualtact. Huh? Co- like contact, but <laughs> koal. You see, <laughs> folks, again, I realize my, that, my, that my synopsis did not cover the, the crushing plot twist of this, of this episode. But let's just say it's koala related. Like I could tell them now, just, but I kind of want them to be. Can you say the title one more time? Qualtact. <laughs> like like I can't handle that. Qualtact. It's funny. Hey, it sounds like a brand of duct tape. <laughs> Landon. Waka fucking waka. Am I right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, Qualtact. you're right. Okay, you're right. Do you have any others that are gonna kill me here? Uh, I have two. I have two more. Okay, get them. One of which is better than the others. One is. Muppetar, like Avatar, but Muppets. Okay. No, wait for it, wait for it. Last one. Mapalo 13. <laughs> Should have saved my Waka Waka for that one, I think. Why, <laughs> why is it your Apollo? Mapa- it's, it's, why is it always our Apollo 13 <laughs> when we have to go into space and rescue it, but it's your Apollo 13 whenever <laughs> you want to go to the moon? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Relationship humor. Okay. So, did I get any of those right? Uh, I wish you did, because they were all fantastic. Uh, no, but this one is uh, yet another kind of uh, basic Becky one. It's just called From a Galaxy Far, Far Away. You know, 
I call bullshit. I'm going to give this one a C minus, if not a D, <laughs> because A, they establish that Irma the alien is from Neptune, which is in not only our galaxy, but our <laughs> solar system. Right, yeah. And B, I would have I would have forgiven it if there had been more Star Wars references. It yeah. wasn't that Star Warsy. It I, there was there, a lot of hidden ones. Yeah, like you but it was like deep cut Star yeah, Wars. It was, like yeah. the kids watching this weren't weren't going like, "Oh, that that looks like Bespin Cloud City." They they were, they were watching that shit, man. They're just paying attention to Fozzie. I don't know. I feel like as a kid I would have picked up like, "Oh, this is the Dagobah moment. This is the Yoda planet." But they call Yoda at one point and talk they to do. You. That's the well, Yoda moment. They call the, or the Yoda. They call Yoda from like Yonkers. <laughs> Yoda from this is Yoda from Yonkers like <laughs> someone who calls into Howard Stern all the time or something. <laughs> let's uh, well, let's say that for the the okay. I have I have a lot of questions about Yoda okay. from Yonkers. Great. Um, now, okay, next on the line we got Yoda from Yonkers. You're on the air. <laughs> but before we we go any further, I wanted to mention that this uh, episode originally aired in December first, nineteen eighty four, oh. which is still you know confounding to me that it is that old yeah um directed uh by john gibbs and again bob richardson is uncredited oh i'm God. still very confused like what did he do to to get his name revoked from the credits i maybe maybe he fucked jim henson's wife i Ooh, don't know wow. well <laughs> a little spicy i'm sorry <laughs> yeah that was spicy. there's there's dark stuff behind the scenes on these kids shows and then this was written by jeffrey scott who wrote one of your favorite episodes raiders of the lost muppet oh my god <laughs> okay, well then, honestly, I wish that this one had lived up more to uh, to the the heights of Raiders of the Lost. Moment. Yeah, yeah, that one was you know uh, clearly we see it in the opening theme song every week. They're uh, like, we want to re- we want to remind you of this. <laughs> also, what we see in the opening theme song, and I guess this is just going to seamlessly transition into it because we start with the theme. Well, song. yeah, well, I have a um, a thing that we got to go into, which okay. is um, this. <laughs> Are you ready to take the the parsec run in twelve? Uh, or no, the 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 come oh on, my God. The Kessel Run in 12 Parsecs. Yes. Good God. My Star Wars, I, I just failed Star Wars school. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go back to remedial Star, Star Wars school, probably with the Muppet Babies. Yeah, yeah, my brain uh, can't retain these facts the way they used to. Yeah. The, these trivias. These trivias, man. They, they, they get away from you. The first they thing, do. The first thing to go is the piano lessons. Second thing to go, Star Wars trivia. <laughs> and then after that, it uh, depends. And yet you never... <laughs> It depends on what goes next, or it, you are wearing depends. Well, Landon, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you <laughs> gonna let you decide on that. All right. Well, let's let's get in the Millennium Falcon and uh, shoot off into the stars. Let's use our imaginations to get in the Millennium Falcon okay. and shoot off into the stars. Okay. Um, like every week, we start with the theme song, and, and I still have questions over what happens to Fozzie. He gets knocked off of his uh, rocking horse somehow. Yeah. We don't know who the culprit is. I'm still. I think it's fucking Scooter. I think. Okay, and I I love to blame Scooter as much as the next guy. I'm gonna say ghosts. It's I <laughs> okay. really think ghosts. God Almighty! Last week it was robots. This, this week it's th- ghosts. This week it's go- or maybe ghost robots. Okay. I don't know. Oh, well, that's a concept I haven't even thought of conceiving before. Ghost robots or GoBots? Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I don't know. Fozzie GoBots sounds like a '90s cartoon itself. Here's look. Here's my basis for this. Fozzie. Out of a group of A toddlers who are B already accident prone, Fozzie's it's the biggest. It's not called fuck up. Muppet toddlers. It's called Muppet okay, babies. Okay, okay. I know we. Ha- this is a big debate point between us. Yeah, I, okay, fine. I mean, technically, yes, toddlers are the ones that walk around, but the show is called Babies. These babies have a really good command of the English language. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> like they are speaking in complete sentences. They are making witty bon mots to the camera. Fucking Scooter. <laughs> Is really good with a computer. Computer scooter, is as he, we call Or is him. it just imagination? We've talked about this before. It's no. just like, it could just be a series of boxes, like raisin boxes that he set up in the shape of a computer. No, no, it's, no, even when they are not playing make pretend, when they are just there in the nursery. But how do you know what's p- pretend and what's not? Okay. If, if it's a dream within a dream within a dream, you're always going to assume you're inside of a dream. That's Inception Babies. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that that and that show was so popular because it's all about nap time. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, look, you know we we could. I'm just saying out of okay, they are a bunch of babies. Yes, fine. I'll call I'll call them by whatever you want me to call them. Political. It's not what I want. It's what they they are asking you okay. to call them. They identify as babies. They do. Let's respect that. There are adults that identify as babies. And not for me. Not for it's, not it's a for little me. disconcerting to me personally. But more power to them. Who are we to deny pleasure? Yeah. Let's just say. Look, the point I'm trying to make is. Out of a group of babies who are all on some level fuck ups, 
Fozzie is the biggest fuck up. Fozzie can never get anything right. Fozzie, if and he's my favorite. Of course, of yeah. course. No, I, again, and like I've always said, the Muppets are a very tragic commentary on the human condition and that all of them <laughs> represent failure in their own way. But Fozzie, of, of, if any Muppet baby was going to accidentally desecrate a, a Indian burial ground and get <laughs> uh, a ghost to be pissed at him enough to knock him off a rocking horse... It's going to be Fozzie. So please, okay, continue, right. continue I don't know. I would, there's an argument to be made for Gonzo, but for the sake True. of getting through this theme song, I'm willing to concede. If it's a, if it's a chicken burial ground, <laughs> yes. Okay, but go, go on, please. Uh, well, that's all I had for the theme song. Do you have anything else this week? I mean, I just have the same note that I think I've made in every episode. It's that the Muppet Babies theme song, song just fucking slaps. It's just <laughs> so good. It is good. I love, it's, you know, you don't. What I guess it was like um, you're always the people that are the creators are always looking back to the the, the music or the the content that they grew up with yeah so like very in the 80s there was this resurgence of doo wop and stuff yeah yeah very happy uh, days almost yeah exactly and now God I, I I fear for the time that people that have to look back to Nickelback uh, Oof. <laughs> are creating movies and TV shows we we can only hope that that the oceans have risen enough to engulf <laughs> the entire planet by then okay so. Let's get into the episode. Yes. We start on a shot of the moon. Yes. And we transition very suspiciously. What's the word? It's called uh, It's called a tilt down from there. It, the, the nursery is dark. Okay, yes. It is nighttime. It is. Not, well, I have questions about that, but keep going. Well, Landon, the moon is out and the sky is dark. But then shouldn't they be in bedtime already? Yes, this is this is my first question. Also, why are they even at the daycare when it's night? Like, do these they live there? But all the time? All the time. Okay, also... I mean, these are the questions. I mean, do you have another theory about this? Like, I mean, no... I have no idea. I still... We're, what, three seasons into the show, and I don't have a single clue yet as to why Muppet... Muppets are babies, for one thing. Yes. And why Muppet babies have been adopted. Are, are they adopted? Are they just... Like, is this some sort of foster care? I Well, okay, if it's foster care, is it, there shouldn't there be a law against having that many Muppets? Like... <laughs> Like if you maybe own, I don't know, maybe own, nanny is like loaded. Yeah, okay, <laughs> she, she can provide. Okay, well that that okay, put a pin in that one. If you have 12 dogs, yeah. that like eventually a government agency will come and be like this is too many dogs. You can't adequately care for this many dogs. These are 12 this is a shitload of muppets yeah. that you've got. If it's if it's a like I feel like these muppets need to be removed from this home and placed in individual level. I'm homes. not disagreeing with you. It's very confounding and a little disconcerting. I don't know. It's, it's I I don't know. I guess I haven't got a new theory. I'm just again like I, this is like some sort of boarding school daycare. It's like it's basically like prison. Maybe that's my thing. <laughs> it's like it's like Muppet Oz. Oh man, that is a new theory. So they are the actual Muppets, and they're thinking they're they're trapped somewhere. Maybe the, was this between. No, this is this is this is happening during the movies. So oh yeah, this this was yeah. yeah well, as we all know, eighty four. This is yeah, uh, in, Take Manhattan. Yes, is inspired by the thing in Muppets Take Manhattan. So clearly, maybe it's when they were all like trapped in those lockers in in uh, uh, Take Manhattan. Yes, and they're they're looking at that as their prison cell, and so this all of the show is just one big. Uh, thing of their imagination to to get them through the day that they just they just regressed into into childhood yeah. much in, is that this entire show is about flights of fancy and imagination so too does it take place entirely in the Muppets imagination exactly yes so that means that the Muppets dream in cartoons and the nanny would be the security guard that keeps walking in and out of uh, the locker room in uh, Take Manhattan wow you know, taking Manhattan really took its toll on those Muppets. Okay, look, anyway, we're in the nursery. Yes. It is nighttime. Gonzo is playing as a flying saucer. Yes. Well, they're all, they're all like, scooting around on a table that has, like, a, a table that they've made up to look like a flying saucer yes. moving around the room. And they're peering around at these strange and wondrous things. They're, and they're all dressed up as different aliens as well. Yes, which is kind of heartening to think that they're playing as a diverse group of aliens who have all come together to explore the galaxy together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They all have their various um, uh, uh, costumes. Kermit has an extra set of eyes. Yes. Uh, Fozzie has a uh, glove on his hand to look like a hand. Yeah, the hamburger helper head. <laughs> That's right. And Which is also my name for people who love hamburger helper. <laughs> Call ourselves hamburger helper heads. Piggy is punk as fuck. Yeah. She has just a... The only costume she has is just like a spiky pink uh, uh purple wig yeah and i had to think she was like uh today we're gonna go to imagination land and play sex pistols <laughs> that is that is 100 percent what uh miss piggy would do just as a pretext yeah. to play all sid and nancy with yeah. uh, with kermit <laughs> 
Kermie, let's do more heroin. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to take that improv any further. <laughs> That that'll kill my childhood. Um, well, well, yeah. No, I think I think that that Miss Piggy is playing a a alien from Planet Joan Jet, yeah, uh, or the Joan Jetsons, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so they've all got their own little costumes yep. going on, and Scooter just has a fucking Scooter. He's just got a vacuum thing on his nose. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, nothing. He's, you know, and of course it has to come from a piece of technology. Yes, yeah, yeah it inclu- you know, even if it's a vacuum. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they're flying around, They and then they, uh, they, 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 they quote-unquote land their thing, they get out, they look around. Which I like, they, I, I think, I can't verify this, but I think that they, because uh, they, they splice in a shot from an old movie, and I'm pretty sure it's from Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, uh, oh, of the, a UFO landing. When the UFO lands, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's it, yeah. So, you know, they get out there walking around the yeah. room pretending like it's an alien plant. But, like, we don't actually see their fantasy here. It's just them walking up to things yeah. and interacting with it. And Fozzie, I gotta do the Fozzie joke. Yeah, okay, do the Fozzie joke. Fozzie walks over to the TV and turns it on and all the audience is there. And he, of course, can't resist doing his joke. And he, says, says, ta- he says, take me to your audience first. <laughs> and he turns it on. He says, what kind of music does the man on the moon listen to? What? Moon rock! Waka, waka, waka! A- Always impressed by your Fozzie impression. B, the, the the TV then goes, everyone on TV goes, boo! And then, and then someone, the TV like, throws a tomato a at him. Charlie Chaplin lookalike throws a tomato through the TV and hits him in the face. And and mind you, it's black and white on the TV, but the tomato is full color when it hits him. I mean, his, his joke was so shitty that yeah. it violated, like, the laws of time and space and physics and color. Have you seen Pleasantville? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So his joke was so good that it basically made the tomato, uh, what, get in touch with its emotions and break free of, <laughs> exactly. of uh, conforming, I don't uh-huh. know, Don Knotts was involved. <laughs> uh, and then Gonzo goes over and opens the door to a closet yep. and finds that it's full of alien robots. And the first sense that this is a Star Wars episode, as he's speaking in alien language, he does go, Ooh, ting me! Uh, which is the obviously the Jawa. Um, obviously the language from star wars yeah. yeah okay sure thing i did not catch that i was just like gonzo's just being a fucking weirdo again if it look only a madman tries to find reason and logic and everything gonzo does why i love gonzo so much yes gonzo's punk rock <laughs> uh so he opens the door sees this huge monster coming yep. and freaks out yep and that brings us to Closet corner. Oh, yes, closet corner. All right, well, once again, who's coming out of the closet today? Uh, the the clip of the monster that he sees in the closet is from an old movie called uh, The Undersea Kingdom. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually, don't know that movie. It's not an old movie. It's an old serial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from 1936. Um, it's, you know, uh, kind of one of these... Uh, um, String of earthquakes unleashes a, uh, a monsters from uh, Atlantis. <laughs> your, your, cla- your classic stream of earthquakes uh, releases a bunch of monsters from Atlantis. Story: boy meets girl, <laughs> earthquake meets earth, stream of monsters meets society. <laughs> and you know, I, I I do as I've mentioned uh, many times in the past. Watch a number of serials from time to time. Um, yeah, Frosted Flakes, Captain <laughs> Crunch, occasionally. Fruit Wait a minute. There is a moment when he goes into, into a thing, a serial. I wonder if that was like a meta joke. Of the of the serials that they constantly do on this show, it, it, maybe it's a meta joke. Maybe they were just like, "What stock footage do we have?" Oh, <laughs> maybe. look, a okay, cornflakes right. commercial that they let the rights lapse on. But uh, Undersea Kingdom, um, known uh, and loved by me only because um, only you, Lon Chaney Jr. is in it. Uh, oh my god, pre pre Wolfman role, really? So you know, I saw Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. walking with the Queen, and I believe they were both doing the Werewolves of London. <laughs> Oh, I love it. But uh, that is uh, Closet Corner for this week, Undersea Kingdom. It's the sound of closing a closet, or the AOL sign-off sound on AIM. So, (laughs) I love it. uh, So, but this monster... You've got mail. Exactly. That's the... When I visit my dad and he checks his email, he still uses the browser version of AOL. And every once in a while, I'll like, he'll check it late at night. Uh, while I'm like getting up to go to the bathroom or something, and I'll just hear "You got mail," and it I'm like, still "What does f- that? What the fuck? Wow!" <laughs> I feel like I get transferred. I like it's like a, a latent uh, energy from 1996, <laughs> just kind of uh, merging in the house. Oh man, that it's a happier, simpler time. Go back there, Doc <laughs> yeah. Brown style. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting. No, no, no. We get 
nanny. Nanny, nanny comes, comes in. in. Yes, everyone everyone hides. Nanny opens the door and walks in, and in the dark of the room, they briefly, you know, her her indelible striped tights and skirt <laughs> suddenly turn into monster feet, and then yes. we and then the camera pans up. Yeah, I know. I got like my heart racing. It's like a this bit. is we're gonna finally look on we're the face of God. This. Oh God! And I was afraid my face was gonna melt, just like the Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was it was really disturbing when all of those Muppet babies' faces melted <laughs> like that, and only Kermit and yeah. Miss Piggy didn't look. Also, a little insensitive that they lampooned Nazis so uh, nonchalantly in that episode. But you know what are you gonna do? Hey, it was a simpler again. It was a simpler time. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, they they pan up this um, this and and what. What we thought was Nanny is actually yeah. a horrible alien space monster. It really, honestly, it looked like the demon from Night of the Demon, uh, which is a favorite horror film of mine. Um, I don't know if that's what they were intending or not, but yeah. uh, it certainly looked like it. Okay. I, You know, may, may, maybe Muppet Babies truly is laden with in-jokes <laughs> laser-beamed directly to you. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's, that's what you'll, that's what you'll tell the, the police when they take you away. No, exactly. no, no, the Muppet Babies told me to do it! <laughs> Precisely. Uh, so... Yeah, so it's it's Nanny. She asks them what they're doing. Um, why is Nanny shocked? Like, why is Nanny like, what are you doing? Like, I think you could have just stopped at, why is Nanny? Why is Nanny? <laughs> I still and don't not know. E- not even what is Nanny. Like, we're past what is Nanny. That was season one. We're now just, why is Nanny? It's, 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 she's there. The conceit of her character is, I'm even, uh, <laughs> to even call her a character, it's like, she's there simply to set the, the limitations for the episodes. Like, you need to be back here by the end of the episode. Yeah. That's it. Well, Every episode. <laughs> but given that this episode takes place entirely in the nursery, as do most episodes, yeah. you don't really need to tell them they have to be yeah, back Yeah, exactly. There. Like, if Nanny walks in when they're in the middle of their imagination game and says time for bed... I mean, it's not it's not like Inception where they go into like unconstructed dream space and go yeah. crazy. It's it's not it's not like The Matrix where if you die in the Muppets fantasy, you die in real life. I'm just I've I, maybe I'm just angry because they've never incorporated Nanny into the Muppet Show, where you know in the proscenium of what they're doing, there's just these giant legs that come down and <laughs> smash the entire stage. That sounds like that sounds like the Monty Python foot, exactly, if anything. Exactly. Well, okay, so yeah. regardless, Nanny comes in and asks what they're doing, yeah. because Na- I guess Nanny hasn't seen enough crazy shit from this pack of Muppets she's got, <laughs> and they explain they're playing UFO. Yeah. She says, well, be done in an hour, because it's almost bedtime. Truman, I've been saving this bit of trivia. Give it to me. And I feel like it's the right time. I- I'm ready, I'm ready. I've been waiting all my life. We've talked a little bit about Barbara Billingsley uh, yes. in the past, yes. but I've been saving this. I didn't know this until we got into this podcast. Uh, do you know what else she's from? Uh, We've talked about her being on Leave It to Beaver. Sure, but of course, like, of course. Are you familiar with the the movie Airplane? I am familiar with the movie Airplane. Who is she in Airplane? She is the jive talking grandma. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! Oh, don't I speak jive? Oh my god! So what you're saying is Nanny's pretty cool. <laughs> Nanny's pretty cool. I wish she'd speak some jive to the Muppets once in a while. That would really keep them keep them in in line. She starts talking to them like she's uh, like she's Pooty Tang or something. <laughs> don't you run it tie the runny tie? <laughs> Uh wow that's yeah. okay okay that is a, you know what I'm glad we waited this long for this trivia I feel I like I'm really appreciating it now it's recontextualizing all the other episodes <laughs> so anyway nanny leaves yep. uh, and the Muppets are like yeah whatever we'll just I don't know we'll just kill some time I don't know what they do really. <laughs> that's all they do is kill time I mean that's Tri- could be the name of the show we're just we're just waiting to waiting to become grown up Muppets so we can get out there and go on grow on great capers and take Manhattan and be from space and stuff <laughs> or is- as I said and I know you don't like me to bring it up. Just waiting to get adopted. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Congratulations, Landon. You've done it again. You've made me sad. Uh, but then they hear a otherworldly sound and a bunch of lights from outside. Yep. And they surmise that perhaps it's a UFO. And then some strange shadowy creature climbs up the side of the compound that they live in the, are, the they, are they on the first floor or the second floor i've eh. always it's, it's hard to tell well, i've would, always been I, I can't figure that out i feel like it's the second floor yeah. given that given that when they look out the window later and they see the front walk it seems like they've got enough elevation but sometimes you see the brush there that you know doesn't exactly look like treetops it looks like bushes so it's hard to tell yeah. also have you noticed i didn't notice it till this episode because it's appropriate but the window looks like the uh front of the millennium falcon yeah it, it does actually i can i can just picture kermit going up there and using make pretend to be like Luke shooting at the uh, yeah, at exactly. the Tie Fighters. 
don't get cocky, kid. I don't know which Muppet that's supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, something comes up and starts banging on the window. All the Muppets freak TF out, yeah. thinking it's an alien. And speaking of uh, banging, Piggy still has a boner for Kermit. Oh, yeah. And they're babies. It's never going to be okay with me. It just feels weird. You know, it, it's it's not just, you know, I'm past the fact that these babies have full-on romantic affections for one another. Uh, what the, what bugs me is just that it seems like Kermit really isn't into it and Miss Piggy is being way too persistent. <laughs> Much as also Gonzo is being way too persistent with Miss Piggy. He keeps going after yeah, her. That's, that's, as we talked about since the beginning of this series, doesn't jive in my head because he, in no other realm, no other canon of the Muppets is Gonzo into Miss Piggy. Yeah, I think he's like almost asexual, if anything. No, just he, really he's a chicken. He's chicken sexual. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and he has the stuffed chicken that he's crazy about in this episode. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe the, look, maybe what we're watching are the formative years when Gonzo decides, you know what? I'm done with girls, aka pigs. I'm all about the chickens. <laughs> I'm all. I'm going to the other side of the barnyard. <laughs> I'm playing know. for the other coop. <laughs> uh. So anyway, everyone runs and hides. Yeah, except for Animal. Animal, who who thinks that this thing that is banging on the door or on the window is yeah. its mom. Leave it to Animal. Yeah. So clearly Animal has a parent that is not Nanny. Well, they all have to have parents. Well, I guess I mean, they all they've have been to have brought parents. into this world somehow. True. And they've all been abandoned, and they're going to be adopted someday. <sighs> well, okay, at least there's hope for them one day. <laughs> You're yeah. gonna accept this theory of mine. Okay, yeah. If you browbeat me into it, yeah. If you keep, if you're as persistent as Miss Piggy is with with Kermit, maybe eventually we'll have some weird codependent relationship. So they open the uh, that you know, uh, Gonzo, not Gonzo, animal. animal. Ah, God, again, one in the jar. Ah, Jesus, every time I can't keep can't keep Gonzo and Animal straight. So uh, Animal opens the window, lets this this creature in. It's some shadowy being that never is in full light. It uh, is it the nanny. No, it's not the nanny because we can see the shape of its face. <laughs> okay. But it tries to eat a truck and then it tries to eat Gonzo's stuffed chicken. Gonzo freaks the fuck out. Camilla, the, the stuffed chicken. Yes. Gonzo, Gonzo, you know, takes it up to 11, yells at it to get the hell away from his chicken. Yeah. He pu- pulls out his gat and is like, get the fuck back from my, from my, from my nuggets. And, uh, the, the, you know, this creature goes running and hides in the closet Again, I just want to point out, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but there are so many unsafe items in that closet for babies. Yes. Yeah. I saw a strap there. Oh, the vacuum for one thing. Like, yeah, why are they leaving that You got the tube around? and stuff. I mean, you could choke on that. Yeah. No, any any number of things in you. It's a wonder that the Muppet babies don't, that there aren't Muppet babies dying every episode. <laughs> uh, so, or maybe and, Muppets can't die. Oh, well, okay. Muppets, Muppets are born, or Muppets are not born; they are made, and mm. Muppets are immortal. Yes. A Muppet is forever, but they can age though, which is weird because they go from babies into adults. Yeah, but then Muppets have been pretty much the same age since like what? When did the Muppet Show come on? The seventies? Yeah, yeah. So like they basically they have like an infancy that that actually strangely enough comes like ten years after they <laughs> are adults, and then they remain adults uh-huh. forever. And then now, of course, I know we I know we don't like to talk about you know, the new Muppet Babies show. Oh, God. Yeah, I, the, no. the uncanny babies. I, but whether or not we go into that after we're done with this podcast is a whole well, that's, we, story. We've got a couple years left. <laughs> look, look the, we're, we're getting off track. I know. I just want to say, I still want to see that middle year. The, the, the Those middle years, the Teenage Mutant M- Ninja Muppet <laughs> years. <laughs> it's, I think that's called... Uh, that's called uh, fraggles and mups actually it's like it's like freaks they're all like awkward and, and in high school that's where the the kermit piggy relationship would really make sense like they're all discovering their their like hormones in weird ways uh gonzo is definitely in drama club or something yeah. actually no fozzy's in drama club i don't know actually they're probably all in drama club because they're a theater company okay <laughs> i'm gonna write this fanfic later great so gonzo you know this thing goes diving into the closet Everyone starts berating Gonzo for yeah. having yelled at it and pissed it off. So Gonzo goes and opens the door, and this uh, this creature now comes out, and it's got like a it's dove into a sweater or something with a weird hat on its head, so you yeah. can't see what it actually looks like. It makes it look a little bit more like a Jawa. It looks kind of alien esque, and uh, Gonzo feels bad, says, "You know, I, I'm sorry that I I yelled at you. Here, do you, do you want Camilla? You can have her." So that's a quick turnaround from Gonzo. Seriously, like, betray your best friend and lover. Yeah, immediately. And then, but that isn't enough. The this creature is coming towards Gonzo, advancing aggressively. Gonzo's backing away, like ah, you can have all my toys if you want. He's backing away, backing away. This thing's coming towards him, and then 
in maybe my favorite part of the episode, we get a cutaway shot of Scooter, fucking Scooter, Scooter. just saying, hey, it's going to get Gonzo. <laughs> Does Scooter do anything? Nope. Does Scooter intervene in any way? Because his computer's too far away <laughs> to program anything to stop it. More, more likely, because his computer is not directly threatened, why does Scooter care? Indeed, none of the Muppet Babies <laughs> rise to save one of their own from from the interloper in their midst. I mean, I've always felt like they, they thought Gonzo was disposable, if we're being completely honest. He's always been an outsider, and we just don't want to address it. Yeah, but... If there's a, if there's look is 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 Gonzo the the second least favorite of the group yes but really Fozzie is the one they all hate they would like if anything I'm just surprised that Miss Piggy didn't throw Fozzie at the creature <laughs> to try and save Gonzo um, but of course Miss Piggy is playing her own game yes uh, so anyway fortunately for Gonzo though it turns out this thing is friendly and doesn't want to hurt him and so they all go up and introduce themselves yeah. and uh, Gonzo discovers it's not a he it's a she and it's named Irma yes. And, and don't even ask how he figures out it's a she. That's just woof. Um, but yeah, so it's Irma, and they yeah. try to figure out where Irma's from. They do, and Scooter with his fucking uh, actually. No, actually, it's Irma Stein's monster. Yeah, well, let's not uh, imagine a planet. Let's pull out the encyclopedia, and you point to an actual planet in her solar system. I should say that first off, just to explain my cold open joke, they ask what planet it's from, and uh, Irma sneezes, and Fozzie goes, you're from the planet Sneeze? <laughs> and man, everyone hates that. I, you know why? Because Achoo is a better name for a planet than Sneeze. Yes. Gonzo, you left the better joke on the table. <laughs> none, of the, none of these Muppets have taken an improv class yet. They're not far <laughs> enough in their theater, uh, theater training. They haven't learned the art of yes and. Um, so Irma Irma points to Neptune in the book, yes. and uh, of course Fozzie, as a baby, can't read, so he goes, "Planet nap time," uh, and, and in a chorus, every other Muppet in the room goes, "Neptune, not nap time." Yes, but planet nap time. I want to go to there. I would. I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, planet planet nap time sounds like a great place. It's an like if that's what fucking planet gym was called, I would go to the gym. <laughs> planet nap time uh, is yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like I almost went to planet nap time at work today <laughs> after after eating a big burrito for lunch. I I was I I my spaceship was entering its orbit, and I had to, I had to go to a planet bag of peanut M and M's to try and just juice myself enough to get through. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to Planet Sugarcrest, which is much worse, much worse place. Worse, worse, worse. And then I had some Worcestershire <laughs> sauce. Anyway. anyway, they know that uh, Irma is now from Neptune, yes. and she doesn't know how to get back home. And now that we have the plot, uh, they are really cooking with Irma now. Yes, yes, they truly are. They're cooking with gas, which they try to use to power their spaceship. But no, this is the thing, though. They don't determine that Irma's trying to get home. Pig Miss Piggy just decides, oh, we should uh, we should try to help Irma get back to Neptune. Like, so in their conception of what's happened, this alien creature has just arrived. They've introduced themselves to it. They found out it's from Neptune. They, like, Irma hasn't told them anything. Yeah. But then Miss Piggy's just like, we should help her get home. Like, imagine if, <laughs> like, imagine if you come over to visit me, yeah. and I'm, and you're like, oh, hey, Truman, and I'm like, oh, hey, Landon, wow, we should really help you get back to Culver City. And you're like, but, but I just, I just got here. You want my theory for this episode? Sure. As soon as Gonzo um, uh, identified Irma as a female, Miss Piggy recognized her as a threat. So she needs to get her out of there as quickly as possible. Classic piggy move. I agree 100% with your theory. <laughs> that is no, that is that is so like her. I mean, she cuz I'm sure she can see I mean, maybe she feels like she's finally making yeah. some headway with Kermie. Well, spoiler alert for later in the episode, uh, Irma in Imagination Land looks eerily like Kermit and yes. has Kermit-esque kids. So, yes. uh, there are questions I have about that later she, she, yeah piggy's making a big contribution to the imagination stew in that in that <laughs> case like a lot of her future fantasies of her life with kermit come together but yeah no that that makes perfect sense she's yeah. she's clearly pulling all of the strings like this is all her manipulating the the collective to try and get rid of the newcomer in their midst so what's okay uh, the very first thing they try is piggy says all you got to do is wish upon a star and uh clearly that doesn't do shit nope nope, uh, nope. so they decide let's call neptune from a payphone. yep and they go outside somehow no no they no kermit picks up the toy phone and then they imagine themselves in a phone booth 
Now that is a true. That is that is some real. I, I, do you remember the days as a child when you would pretend to get in a phone booth? Nope. Oh, those days. <laughs> oh, the times. Kids today. Kids today. They, you know, all the pretend phone booths have been taken away now. They just have to pretend to be using an iPhone. <laughs> pretend to be using an iPhone. Yeah. I like that. Which I, I, I sometimes I pretend to be using an iPhone, too, because I have a shitty-ass uh, Motorola, and I, as much as I hate Apple products, I kind of miss my iPhone. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, so, but their imaginary, their imaginary phone booth, yeah. which is unrestrained by any, any reality whatsoever, still requires $2 million in quarters <laughs> to place the collect call. Either that or Keith or Sutherland was going to blackmail them and shoot them with a sniper rifle. Oh, man. Good phone booth <laughs> reference. You don't get a lot of phone booth-related uh, uh, goofs these days. Um, shit, who was it? Was it Colin Farrell in that? Yep. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah, phone booth. Phone booth. Well, anyway, back. If they, thanks for uh, listening to Booth Work, our show all about uh, John Wilkes Booth, the guy who shot President Lincoln. Uh so they they load they do a bucket brigade. This they spend in a in a very tight and fast paced episode. They spend a lot of time on this bucket brigade of quarters. <laughs> they do yeah to plug the phone. Gonzo breaks open his piggy bank to call. Uh, is there some uh, subtle thing with a piggy bank and Miss Piggy? Because uh, he loves his piggy bank. I mean, he has he like dotes on it. Yes. Well, he I mean he and well, he doesn't love it that he loves it about as much as Camilla, and then he professes to love it, and then immediately breaks it for the purpose of one flight of fancy. So, are we as are we are, are we developing a new theory here? Is Gonzo a psychopath? Yeah, I mean, like he he only emulates empathy and love, but really, when it comes down to it, he's all about self gain. Yeah, he's a Gonzo path. <laughs> and he also hates garbanzo beans who's a garbanzo path yeah no i i mean i think it, i think it makes it makes sense to me like he he is uh he, i don't see i don't think he has any moral grounding whatsoever hmm. yeah yeah also i mean i i made this point on the daily muppet episode too where they produce their own uh their own newspaper but by that logic he's also a gonzo journalist <laughs> god got me twice waka waka so <laughs> god uh, damn it Anyway, they call, uh, I don't, how do they, I guess they ask the operator to co collect them with, with Neptune, or connect them with Neptune. Yeah, somehow they get all of the coins. I've, I was typing so rigorous, rigorous, yeah, so rigorously, they call uh, Neptune. That I, I don't know how they got the coins into the, the slots that they, fast, but, yeah, um, they call and they end up, uh, calling Yoda instead. Yes. And Landon, does yeah. the person they call sound like Yoda? <laughs> not, not at all. Landon. Does the Jim Henson Company have any connection with the guy who did the voice of Yoda? <laughs> a little bit. Does would it kind of make sense they could maybe get him for this? Uh it would, but they don't. No, they don't. No, do they? they don't. No, no, they do not. Although, wouldn't it be a real mind fuck if they did get Frank Oz to do <laughs> a New York accent as Yoda? <laughs> now that I would have a lot of respect for. <laughs> So anyway, that doesn't work. Wrong yeah. number. So they uh, Gonzo instead decides to make a gigantic slingshot to shoot Irma back to Neptune. Yeah. At at no point, by the way, has Irma expressed to them that she wants to go home. The Muppets have all just latched on to Piggy's plan to eject this creature. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, that doesn't you know that doesn't yeah. work either. He just shoots himself into the wall. Classic and if they Gonzo. want to get her to the moon, why wouldn't they just sock her in the face like Jackie Gleason? Exactly. The, you know the, these Muppets are too young. That, that's one thing. From, that's one fifties influence that hasn't uh, permeated the show, like all the doo wop music. <laughs> also, why? I, I'm a little confused here because my notes and my memory of the episode that we just watched is that they in that moment we're trying to get her to the moon, but they're trying to get her to Neptune. Neptune, so yeah. Why are they talking about the moon here? I think because I said something about the moon or something. I, like I have I, a bunch of notes here about the moon. I don't know. I think I think you were typing really fast. Okay. Fair. I think that's I think that's the thing. They're okay. not. They weren't talking about the moon. They were talking about the tune, <laughs> which, which is what which is what cool people call Neptune. That's what the hipsters who have gentrified <laughs> Neptune call it. They call it Tune Town. Um, Roger Rabbit has moved in out there, and that sent property values through the roof. <laughs> don't worry about it, Jake. It's just Tune Town. <laughs> uh, well, I would I would worry about it because I think the environment there is pretty inhospitable. Uh, so. And then eventually it comes to Scooter. Yeah. Well, Gonzo, Gonzo's plan, we got to mention the Salvador Dali. Yes, shadow, he briefly weird. imagines, yes. Uh, <laughs> he builds a slingshot that he's going to like sling her to, to Neptune. Yeah. And uh, it goes into on a star. like, I have to imagine. So, you know, we, we're, it's so fast and loose with these uh, ins and outs of the imagination lands here yeah. that um, I'm almost apt to think that every time it goes to one of these, 
um, it's in the imagination of a specific Muppet. So, yes. like, the Salvador Dali landscape is, like, Gonzo's mind. Yeah, I think Who, so. Whose was the payphone? The payphone? Probably, you know, honestly, I think, I want to say Rolf. Even though Rolf is criminally underused yeah. in this episode, Rolf seems like the most down-to-earth Muppet. He seemed, and, well, and, it, it, that does seem like I could picture Tom Waits on a album cover, yeah. like, waiting by a telephone booth. Which is stuffed full of Muppet babies. <laughs> I I would listen to a Tom Waits album where he does a cover of the Muppet Babies theme. Muppet Babies, yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> um, or I would or I would watch a creepy like Jim Jarmusch independent film version of Muppet Babies starring Tom Waits as all the Muppet Babies. <sighs> waka waka. <laughs> Yo, Kermy. Uh, so. Anyway, yep. but eventually, sadly, it is Scooter who saves the day. And guess what? Guess what? Scooter's fucking idea involves a fucking computer. How about that? Way to use your imagination, bro. Not a single... Yet I, again. I mean, although admittedly, were it, if it were 1984 and I was the only person who had a computer in a given space, I guess I would talk about it all the time, too. But <laughs> Scooter's, Scooter's a chud. I don't like Scooter. So he... Um, he suggests they use a, com- a computer-designed yep. uh, spaceship... And they design a spaceship on the computer. Um, I don't know what program that is. The program that tells you which random things from the nursery you put together that sort of look like a spaceship. Like, oh, I guess this stroller can be the whatever. And the vacuum can be the this thing. And Gonzo's nose can be the nose cone. Yeah. Uh, And it's just a computer telling them what to do. Yep. Think for yourself. Yeah, come on, man. That's... That's 1984. It's a computer telling you what to do. <laughs> Actually, 1984 is a totally different kind of dystopia, yeah. but I still think that you know. I think it's. I think that of the. If I could grade my own performance, I'd call that joke a B minus, which is good enough to not get a tomato thrown at me by a television. <laughs> by a Charlie Chaplin look like. Uh, and truly, better to have a computer tell you what to do than to be physically abused by a television. So Scooter is at least doing better than Fozzie right fair, now. Fair, fair. All right. You know what time it is. <sighs> Song time. It is it is song time. What did you think of the song Rocket to the Stars? Uh a little too close to the theme song for my liking. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. It sounded an awful lot like the was, song they already had written. I feel like uh you know, this is late in the season that they probably were running out of jingle ideas and yeah. uh some of the some of the lyrics and and bits were funny. Um I actually really liked the bit where they stop on Saturn's rings to uh <laughs> to listen to <laughs> you know what they have to say well they just like well they just crash their their rocket ship into saturn like gonzo specifically 9-11s them straight into the <laughs> rings of saturn so that as it orbits like their their rocket ship is like the needle on a record that yeah. plays music music that sounds again a lot like the muppet babies theme <laughs> yep but uh they one thing i don't like i can tell you right out the gate yeah uh that the only thing piggy has to do in the song is make sandwiches for the rest of the gang yeah come on come on well although this whole thing is happening like on the one hand, Miss Piggy masterminded the the entire impetus for this. Like yeah. she is pulling all the story. Like so, but yeah. Why, oh, why does she have sandwiches? To, yeah. But actually, she's <laughs> you know working working all the angles. Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Okay, so but she's no, but a puppet master, but yeah, she is. But, well, she's the she's Muppet Master. The Muppet Master. Uh, in addition to being housewife, the Muppet Master is the Muppet version of Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. Uh, so that's. Oh, I was hoping it would be the Charles Band uh, series of horror films, uh, Muppet Masters. I mean, it, it could it could be both, but I really just want to see a sexually obsessed Kermit the Frog uh, <laughs> as as the Joaquin Phoenix role. And True, but also Muppet Master: The Littlest Reich has a whole new meaning now. But okay, but Rolf as the Philip Seymour Hoffman character. I do many, many things. I am a philosopher. I am a doctor. Yeah, whatever. I could do. I could do the Muppets version of the Master all night long. We're both making different references we, that are appeasing different sections of our audience. We need to um, start working on the uh, the. You know, like they're just doing Alien on stage. Oh yeah, exactly. We <laughs> need to do the Master, uh, the Muppet Master. <laughs> yes, for stage. Followed by Muppet Magnolia, Muppet Inherent Vice, <laughs> Punch Mupp Love, <laughs> Hard Muppet. <laughs> oh my god and of course muppy nights i like it um a big bright shining star <laughs> uh so i have one more note for this song before yes. we get out of song corner um when they're first taking off they go by the moon and the moon has a mustache on it uh creepy 
it reminded me a little bit of Trip to the Moon, which I, I think, think is a reference. I think that, was, that, that is a reference. I think they actually were doing. Uh, confession time. I I love that movie. I love silent film. I love all that shit. Mm-hmm. The face in the moon from A Trip to the Moon in particular is one of the most disgusting, awful, haunting images I have ever seen in my life. Right up there with the uh, right up there with Harpo making the Guji face. It's, it is honest to God. It really truly is. <laughs> if if the moon in that movie had a body. I would probably be as afraid of it as Harpo making the gooky face charging at me in the middle of the night. You know, it sucks to be scared of a full-on celestial body. <laughs> if that celestial body had a body, you would be uh, you'd be really afraid. I would. Not not funny. So anyway, eventually, after a bunch of high-flying shenanigans yeah. in deep space... Uh, Fozzie rides a cookie like it's a spaceship. He does. I want to do that into the Milky Way. <laughs> yes, to, to dip in the milk. Yep. Um, one complaint, going back to them playing Saturn's Rings are a record is that nobody jumps out of the spaceship and then goes appa, 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 and then starts rapping. <laughs> I guess they were still a little early on. Like yeah. the Sugar Hill Gang was still kind of new at the time, but <laughs> that would have been funny. Anyway, uh, this is all just a big precursor to Muppets in Space. Yeah, the 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 really great. The most I like that one. Yeah, it's not bad necessarily. I mean, it's minus just... Rob Schneider. Yeah, and minus I guess at this point Jeffrey Tambor. Well, yes. I mean, you know, that's actually, I heard that on set, uh, Jeffrey Tambor just, like, totally flew off the handle and yelled at Miss Piggy so much that she was reduced to tears. And <laughs> the that... first time in her whole career. Yeah, I know. that No one, you know, Miss Piggy normally is as uh, pretty thick skin, thick felt, <laughs> but uh, Jeffrey Tambor uh, went right through it. The point is, yeah. they get to Neptune. Yes. Neptune looks an awful lot like Bespin Cloud City. <laughs> it certainly does. Is Lando there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right, I'm sorry. We don't say his name in my house. <laughs> I'm saying, in this house. Wait, wait, so you want to... You're just going to exercise one of the two black characters. Well, you, no, the... you could call him Billy D. Williams. Okay, well, Billy D. Williams does not come out and greet them. In fact, he does not. no one is there. It's just a weird, empty, futury city where yeah. uh, Irma, in uh, her alien form, leads them around, shows them a bunch of stuff. They find a huge computer. Naturally, Scooter has a big, red-hot dog boner for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, but this one talks, unlike the one in uh in the nursery. Yeah, yeah, this one, um, yeah, well, this one talks, but it has a really dumb feature. Skeeter, Skeeter asks, "Oh, can you tell time?" And the computer says, "On eight thousand different planets, on your planet, it's close to bedtime." <laughs> and Skeeter just goes, "Sorry, I asked." <laughs> and also, that's that's the best thing your computer can do. Tell time, like my computer can tell time in every country on Earth. But could your computer in 1984 do that? Honestly, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's kind of like the timetables are established. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not that heavy of a computing lift. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I, I can't even remember where this brings us to the count for how many voices Frank Welker has done in this uh, series so far. I don't this know. This is at least three in this episode. Yeah, yeah. He's lifting uh, lifting a pretty heavy load. <laughs> As he did all through the 80s, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so Gonzo uses a matter transmitter to travel around. He goes to an old dinosaur movie. He goes to a serial commercial. Uh, the Lost World, actually. <laughs> oh, God, thanks a bunch, Scooter. Did you look that up on your fucking computer? I did. Uh, so, you know, he does that, but everyone's having a good time. Kermit He's not loving it. He says all yeah. he wants in this technical scientific world is to... He wishes he could just go back to the pond and sit on a log. Don't we all? Hey, man. That's it, what I wish I, for in life. Yeah, I'm right I'm right there with you, Kermit. What's, what's your log? What's my log? My log is probably... <laughs> my log is probably lying in bed watching Mystery Science Theater. Huh. Or, uh, or it is eating ravioli out of the pot that I cooked it in so I don't have to do an extra dish. And surfing through Twitter instead of uh, trying to think of something to watch on TV. Okay. What's your log? I, I don't know if that... Uh, we have different logs. My yeah. my approach to the log is what my ideal is, not oh. what I want to get back oh, to. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm like, <laughs> as soon as you said eating ravioli out of a pot, I'm like, you have an interesting idea of paradise. I'm, I'm very realistic. Okay, I thought it was just what was natural and what was like home, because uh, oh, sitting on a yeah. log is what home... What's no, your, I certainly okay. don't want to bask in my own home. Because I want to get out. That's what we already do. I, I want to get to paradise, which is where my log on a pond is. Okay, well, where, where is your paradise? Take uh, me down to your paradise city. <laughs> it would probably be a porch... Uh, at sunset with a book and a dog. Oh. And no noise. Is the dog Rolf? 
<laughs> the dog is playing piano, just some uh, some slow jazz over in the corner, or or he's playing his Talking Heads covers. He's just doing he's just doing stop making sense it's, on piano because that'll make me want to dance and I want to read. So I need something just kind of like atmospheric. But imagine Rolf doing the David Byrne <laughs> "Life During Wartime" <laughs> wavy arms dance. Uh, so. It wouldn't be his arms, it'd be his ears. Oh, God, that would be amazing. How could you not want that? <laughs> I do want that. Stop making sense, but Muppets. That's what we do after the Muppet version of Paul Thomas Anderson's canon. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, okay, so he... But anyway, Kermit wants to go to his pond yeah. on his log. Uh, they push a button, and what do you know? Uh, a thing fills with water. The and faucet they drop... turns on, the water comes up, a log appears, yeah. and uh, all of a sudden, they're in Dagobah. Yeah. And they're all sitting there, and Kermit Kermit says that he imagines this is where Irma comes from, and suddenly they're all transport. Yeah, they're all transported to Dagobah, and someone says, "Wait, you think that Irma comes from a swamp?" And Kermit's logic for this is, "Sure, if it's good enough for frogs, it's good enough for aliens." And that's kind of a frog centric, frog supremacist <laughs> way of looking at the universe, Kermit. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, maybe it's not easy being green, but it's a lot harder being an alien. And just having everyone assume that this is where you want to be from. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, do you want to build a wall out of logs to keep the aliens out? <laughs> because frogs can just jump right over that wall. They don't care. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, but, you know, the wall isn't going to do anything anyway because aliens come in from the, the skies. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and also 90% of aliens uh, are just overstaying their, their alien visas. <laughs> really oddly, oddly topical and not funny bits that we're doing. So they... Uh, Irma is super excited. The yeah. se- she seems to recognize this place. She runs over to uh, a house, an alien-looking house. Yep. Piggy's immediate response is, "What an awful house! It doesn't even have a playroom." <laughs> Putting aside that's a total dick move. How yeah. can you tell it doesn't have a playroom from the outside, Piggy? What if it's in the basement? <laughs> this is all very good questions. Yeah, yeah. Piggy is uh, being a little pig-headed here. Yes, absolutely. Um, she's being a pig asshole. <laughs> It's the best I can do. It's the best I can do. What, you had something to say? Uh, the the Irma opens the door, and a bunch of mini Irmas come spilling out that all conspicuously look like Kermit. Yes. Just with gray skin, like dead Kermit. More like Kermas. Ooh, dead Kermit. <laughs> they they found, they found the place where all of Kermit's dead brothers and sisters went. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and he wants to play hide-and-seek with all these. Now, at this point in the well, Star Wars references... I'm sorry, I should also point out, all these mini... These mini Irmas think Kermit is their dad. Yeah, the whole thing is a little weird. But um, at this point in the the Star Wars references, I'm wondering if they are now referencing the Star Wars holiday special with all of the, like, Chewbacca's at home. Life Day, etc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, but Kermit is a little freaked out by all these things, thinking that uh, they're his father. And he's like, <laughs> my favorite uh, line of the episode comes from Kermit here. It goes, I'm a frog, not a papa. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird to hear an animated frog say, weirder to hear a animated frog baby say, because there should be no idea of a baby being a father. Kermit is de- Kermit has to deal with a lot of weird shit. Like he already yes. is getting hit on every day in his daycare, <laughs> which is supposed to be a safe space. And then this, then then he has to be like yeah. a frog daddy. Yeah, and I think we can figure out who the the mother is, um, because who is most likely to cheat in this uh, gang of misfits? Uh, who is most likely to cheat? Is it Piggy? It must be Piggy. Yeah, I, I didn't I, really have an answer. I was just kind of putting it out. Oh, there you're putting re- it out there for me for me to guess. I don't know. The thing about Muppets is they're all uh, pretty relentlessly honest and good-hearted. Yeah. So I, I can't really except for except for Piggy. I guess maybe Gonzo. Go- I mean, well, Gonzo's just a freak. Gon- yeah, Gonzo. Are... Gonzo doesn't. Gonzo is gender nonconforming. Yeah. But Piggy would would cheat if it was to benefit her getting closer to Kermit. Yes. So um, anyway, the whole point of this is that the the uh, alien kids have a radar in their stomach, which makes hide and seek not at all fun in the least bit because they just go right to where he hid. They're amazing seekers. Yeah. He cannot hide. Uh, so anyway, you know, they've been there for about 15 seconds and Miss Piggy says, oh, well, we should get home before Nanny notices us missing. Again, this is Piggy's whole plan. Like, 
suggests that the, as soon as Irma arrives, you have to get Irma home. As Just soon as they get to Irma's place, abandon well, her. Yep, we gotta leave. Done. I'm sure this is you. <laughs> Come on, Kermy. Grabs him by the wrist. Yep. Yanks him out of there. And so they jump back on their spaceship, and uh, they quit pretending, and they're back home in uh, the nursery. Yeah. Except, unfortunately, they did not pretend hard enough to actually get rid of Irma, who right. is still sitting up on a shelf. I want to point out one more reference. I'm not sure that this is an actual reference, but... Uh, when they land and come out of Imagination Land, the spaceship that they built looks a lot like the time machine from 1960. Yep. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but uh, I just want to point it out since we point out all the references. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been pointed. So they're back home, uh, and then they hear somebody walking up outside. They look out the window, and uh-oh, it's a dude who we can't see his face, but it's definitely a human man carrying a cage. <laughs> And they realize, oh no, it must be an alien hunter who's come to capture Irma. So they try to give her a new disguise and hide her. Uh, yes. But then there's a knock at the door, uh, and they open the door, and it's uh, it's it's Nanny yep. there with this guy who turns out to be Mr. Johansson from the zoo. Who Nanny, I guess, just knows. She just like <laughs> knows zoo employees. I guess so. There, I have so many questions at this point where. Okay, A, it's another tick on the Frank Welker uh, count, because mm -hmm. he does the voice of the zookeeper here. Yeah. Um, but why is a zookeeper transporting a koala in the middle of the night, for one thing? Yeah. Uh, why does Nanny know zookeeper? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, unless, unless you know, Nanny gets around. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> you, I'm what glad you said wink because you winked at me and I'm like, am I gonna have to convey that? What do you think? What like what do you think she's doing all this time that the Muppets are upstairs pretending? She's got suitors downstairs. How do you think <laughs> how do you think she pays for for this massive estate playroom that, that they all live in? <laughs> that is a good question. Something yeah. we've never answered here. Um Yeah, there's just a lot of weird questions here. Uh where did where does this koala get all the eucalyptus that it's eating? Like it just it constantly has a branch of eucalyptus leaves in its hand. Well, the guy hands it to it. Oh, do you well, watch the episodes of Muppet Babies? You gotta fucking pull out the uh, scooter computer logic on me. Do you think he's into computers because his name rhymes with I computers? Think, I think so. So anyway, I have something to interject here. Yes, have you uh, ever been around a koala? Uh, once or twice in my life when I was very young and in Australia, but you were you were by them or you were just you were I was at a zoo. I was at a zoo. You were at a zoo. Yeah. Um, they are vicious motherfuckers. Yeah, are they now? Uh, I would go as far to say they are metal. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard uh, a koala get angry? No, I have not. I'm gonna play you something. Yeah. Uh, and it's gonna change your perception of koala bears for the rest of your life. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Okay. demons they sound like demons my god you know they were right to be scared of this thing it's an it, again an, yet another episode ends with it being a wonder <laughs> that the muppet babies didn't get killed <sighs> well anyway yes uh so mr johansson explains to them that that this you know by by tempting it with some eucalyptus the irma comes running over to him he pulls all the sweaters and shit off of her it turns out that not only is Irma actually a male koala, so I guess no one noticed her koala ding-dong, uh, but <laughs> it's also, also a demon male koala. Yes, it, it's a demon ding-dong. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's actually a koala named Charlie. The Muppets are shocked to realize that this koala is not an alien. It's actually from Earth like the rest of them. Even though this koala looks substantially less weird than any one of the Muppet babies. <laughs> like, they all look way more alien yeah. than, than the koala. I gotta say, the, the zookeeper, so uh, he's explaining what a koala is to the Muppets here, and I, there, there's, there's something that just does not equate here. This guy comes in the middle of the night, he drops a koala off, loses it, leaves, comes back, finds it, and all of a sudden he's giving them tickets to come to the zoo. I mean, this sounds eerily like something wicked this way comes. Like, yes. he's going to... Maybe that's how the Muppets become older. He puts them on the carousel and spins them around and they age into what they become. This is, you know, I think this is the thing. Like, they all, because he, you know, he's taking her away and he says, oh, you can come visit her at the zoo. Here's some free passes that he gives them. 
that would be it though. That's the thing that get that's how they uh that's how they get older and then like the this is such a traumatic experience for them. They do what all traumatized people do and go into the entertainment industry. <laughs> um, that's right. Yeah, the traveling with that circus just kind of uh faded out when uh, the Holloways took down the circus and then the Muppets are like, well, we don't, we got to, all we know how to do is perform. So they started their own troupe. You know, like yeah, it. that's, that's it. Uh, and, it. and a stars was born. <laughs> and so the episode ends with Scooter, uh, Scooter in true that guy fashion going like, oh, well, I never thought it was a real alien because any scientific person knows. <sighs> and then he's cut off from outside the sound of what seems to be a spaceship taking off, implying that, that Mr. Johansson was an alien all along. But the sound of the spaceship taking off very briefly sounds like a loud fart, and I love the idea <laughs> that one of the other Muppet Babies was so fed up with Scooter's shit that he just ripped ass as loudly as possible to cut him off. It just gives him a big raspberry. Uh... Yeah. No, uh, actually, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I really don't... No, I mean, the raspberry is kind of funny, but I really think just, like, Miss Piggy farting to cut him off. <laughs> Can it, loser? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. And that's our episode. Oh, that is funny. So uh, we have one more thing to go into before we're done here. Oh, yes, of course. What is the grunt count for this week? The grunt count for this week, just like every other episode, is zero. There were no grunts in this episode of Muppet Babies. That is so bizarre. I, I keep waiting for one. I know. I mean, I, I kind of wonder, like, like it, honestly, I'm starting to doubt why we even named the podcast Grunt I don't Work. Know. Because we're on track to have a zero grunt series yeah. if it maintains at this, at this I mean, level. We're damn near done with the uh, third season. Yeah. So, I mean, we, granted, we have a lot more seasons to go, but you'd think there'd be at least one in three seasons. You'd think someone would just grunt accidentally or incidentally, but... You know, look, but we're the first people to watch Muppet Babies looking for grunts. <laughs> Obviously, no one has found them before, and if anyone's going to find them, it's going to be us. So this is our mission, our solemn quest, and we shall continue. We, we marry shall. few. Do you have anything else you want to go over in this episode? I do not. I do not either. Uh, so let's go into our outro, which goes something like this. Outro babies. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. I just felt a song coming on. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create even better content like today's episode, uh, consider becoming an official Grunthead or neighbor over on our Patreon. Yes, on our Patreon you get access to all kinds of great content, including our supplemental podcast, Gruntwork Nights, a podcast about anything but the TV series Muppet Babies. <laughs> if you really like our tangents, uh, you know, each episode is kind of centered around a topic and then... Uh, we just kind of pontificate for a little while. We just let our imaginations go wild. <laughs> we certainly do. And um, you can get all kinds of rewards from uh, personalized thank you videos to exclusive uh, bonus episodes and uh, exclusive news, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, you can find all that at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Yes. Uh, if you want to help others find the show, consider leaving us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Yeah. And when you do that, Truman... Tell them what they get. They get some free passes to come to the zoo. And we'll make you older if you ride the carousel. <laughs> or take you into space. <laughs> um, isn't that... Yeah, that's Killer Clones from Outer Space. They're, they have the, the tent that is shaped like a spaceship. Yeah. Um, please stop by and say hi to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or uh, where you can find us at GruntworkPod. And you can find information on today's episode on our website, which is... www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Taking it back to 84. I like it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Usenet.com. Alt-Rec <laughs> Arts slash Gruntwork. <laughs> While you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. And until next week, when we cover another episode of Muppet Babies. Yes. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. Okay, so guy asked me, did you take a bath today? And I said, why? Is there one missing? Waka, waka, waka! Uh, Ooh! Tomato throw, tomato throw. Ah!